Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, I think it's been a week that I, since I've said this, but welcome to a special edition of the Market Watch podcast. It's proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au. Look at us. Hey, the Top Sport Titans represented here. I know that our man Tristan Merlihan currently ranks seventh up there at Top Sport uh, as we get around to that clay court swing. Uh, doesn't suit his serve volley game, but anyway, he's looking forward to the start of a blockbuster NRL season. And of course, uh, this bloke, He's as excited as a boy in a lolly shop, as he mentioned yesterday. Jared Condon from readingtheblade.com.au, not least because I think he might have had a lunch bet win last week. How are we, gentlemen? Yeah, very good, Jimmy. And uh, yeah, it's it's an exciting time. The rankings are slipping. I um I think they're going to slip a little bit further when I advise my lovely wife that uh, when she's got Robin's Irish dancing on Sunday, that that's when the season starts for the NRL. <laughs> so that's going to be an interesting conversation. But I think it's got to be done because I cannot wait for the uh, the two games on the weekend to kick things off. Uh, Titans season launched last night, which was good fun. So that that's always an enjoyable evening. And uh, and yeah, I, I've 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 received an equal amount of ties in terms of when you won a couple of consecutive lunch bets, Jimmy, from May, in terms of gifts received from Jared over the last uh, last week. He's been up and about, and I think he's had a spring in his step for the entirety of the last four or five days. So I don't know if you and I are going to get many words in today, but we'll see how we go. Yes, my darling wife is not sure whether it's winning lunch bets or the start of the NRL season, but certainly there's a spring in a step of uh, this little uh, black duck this week. It's all on and about and uh yeah speaking of lunch bets i did watch the blue diamond with a lot of intent and then sunday morning watching that debacle in the world club challenge in england and uh very happy to take the result but very disappointed to see it unfold the way it did not great for the game but jimmy i'm sure we'll touch on that as we move through the lunch table update Yes, we'll get to that very shortly. If you're enjoying this, if you have done over the last, uh, well, number of years now, uh, make sure you subscribe to us on wherever it is that you get your podcasts, or YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you get them. Leave a review if you're so inclined. We've got a massive show today, so we're just going to do an NRL season preview. Uh, basically, give you all our thoughts about what predictions we think uh, is going to play out during the course of the 2024 season. Obviously, uh, history tells us that it's not straightforward in the National Rugby League. I reckon, historically, this is one of the closest competitions that we're going to have. The gap between the best and the worst seems to narrow every year, which is sort of what the salary cap and what the league would like. Uh, However, we do have a team that have won three straight premierships and appeared in the last four straight grand finals. So is a uh, statistical outlier when it comes to that. Speaking of statistical outliers, uh, I don't know it's one of those races, Tristan, where you, you're watching it and the the Blue Diamond, I, I had the television off before the end of the race. So I've, that's it. I'm out. Phone off. Get me out of here. 
Uh, Jared, you might have to tell us how it all played out, lunch bet-wise. Uh, yes, Jimmy, I think we did notice that you were all out and nowhere to be found for a couple of days. But, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I think about this time a week ago, here I was at the bottom of the table and you two absolutely sticking the boot in. And now all of a sudden, I've jumped up the plus four. We have Tristan at minus one. And I think, Jimmy, you were running second last week. Now they're back down to minus four. Yeah, but I think that goes back to the earlier you know, start of the year where I got docked just for being involved, I think. But anyway, anyway, I'm happy to take that. That's fine. It is a long season ahead of us, and uh, we're, we're all looking forward to that. Hey, uh, we've got a couple of games starting this week in Las Vegas, which is just incredible. So, so many things to consider from that point of view. But season preview overall, um, and well done to Wigan for winning the World Club Challenge. But, yeah, a few question marks over that one. But... Um, I don't think seven and a half points was uh, there any chance of beating them by seven and a half points, given that very good defensive effort from Wigan. Why don't we kickstart with the Premiership market as it now stands as a couple of days from kickoff, Tristan, and then, Jared, you go into your uh, top performing sides for season 2024. Yeah, I think that's a good place to start, and you're right. It was an interesting start to the season, and Penrith on the back of that have just drifted a touch there out to $4, still favourites to win the competition, but uh, Brisbane's now only just behind them at $4.20. The Roosters are $9.00. The Storm are $10.00. The Bunnies $11.00. And the biggest mover in the last few weeks have been the Warriors into $15.00. The Cowboys at $17.00. The Sharks and the Seagulls both at $21.00. The Knights at $23.00. The Eels $26.00. Then we've got the Bulldogs, Titans $41.00. Sorry, Bulldogs, Dolphins $41.00. Titans $51.00. Raiders $67.00. And the Dragons and the Tigers both at $101.00. And I agree 100% with what you were saying, Jimmy, that I think this is going to be a very, very even comp. I think there's opportunity, and we'll see what Jared, which direction Jared, Jared points us to, but I think there's a lot of those teams in that middle band of betting that are, that are going to have improved seasons, and I think they're going to certainly be a lot shorter than their quotes at the start of uh, the, the, what they are now. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to sort of go a little bit wider in your premiership betting uh, if you think some of these sides are, are going to be there or thereabouts uh, once you get to the end of the season. So... Cannot wait for it to kick off on Sunday, and I'll pass it over to Jared. Well, I, th- I guess just uh, for any new listeners, um, um, I, I use a rating method where I rate every team, um, and that's based off uh, where I thought their base rating was across last year, what it ended up, the ins and outs, all of that changes, some influence from the draw, change of coaches, all of those sorts of things. And then every Monday from here onwards, I then re-rate that as we move through the season on what's happening with form and key outs and all those sorts of things. If I look at where I am now, as I've touched on over the last couple of weeks, I do think the top two teams have come back to the field. They were standouts uh, to make the grand final. Both of them, one was minor premiers, the other just missed the minor premiership and we saw it, you know, a, a grand final for the ages. But both have four key outs and I th- certainly think that that weakens their rating and brings them back. I do think that uh, a couple of other teams have then uh, improved. I have 10 teams in contention for the top eight. I have seven that I'm very confident about making the eight. I have another three that will, I think, fight out that final position to make the finals. uh, And then we'll filter down to the bottom. I will just touch on that, that uh, I now have the biggest gap in the last 14 years of doing these ratings between the top of the table and the bottom of the table than I've ever had. Um, I would suggest it was about four years ago that I thought the Broncos were one of the lowest ratings prior and they finished up second last. 
Um, right now, I have the Tigers at a rating point lower than where the Broncos were four years ago. So the gap between the top of the table and the bottom of the table, you're right, Jimmy, all the way down to probably 14th or 15th is... Uh, there's not a lot between them um, as it filters down, but certainly I have the Dragons second last. I have the Tigers at the bottom of the table and the Tigers off the back of two wooden spoons, a rookie coach and losing Brooks. Uh, I now have um, with a cellar dwelling rating. Top of the table, I'm uh, certainly with the Panthers. Um, I have the Roosters uh, and the Storm all but equal to where I have the Panthers rated. Uh, I have the Broncos close to that, but I think off the back of losing those um, four key outs, it does bring the Broncos back a couple of levels. I think Flegler and Farnworth, most notably, are very key rep outs and changes. Then have the Warriors, the Sharks and the Seagulls. So my top seven, I have Panthers, Roosters, Storm, Broncos, Warriors, Sharks, Seagulls. I then have three teams that I think one of those will end up in the eight, and that's the Rabbits, the Cowboys and the Knights. Um, I'm happy to be against the Rabbits. I know on form they have an outstanding team and could potentially win the comp, but the wheels really fell off and there's, I'm just not convinced that everything, everybody's on the same page and whether it's all back together for them to be a premiership threat this year. So in, in summary, out of last season's eight, I have the Raiders and the Knights missing. I have the team jumping up into my top seven as the Sea Eagles. And then we fall away. I was against the Eels last year. They missed the eight. I'm still against them this year. I then have the Dolphins. I have the Titans, the Bulldogs, and the Raiders. And then I fall away to the Dragons and the Tigers. All right. Well, let's have a look at those in um, in isolation then. The Panthers, we know that they've got a couple of significant losses. Stephen Crichton, Spencer Lenu, and I'm probably going in order here. Uh, Jack Cogger, who was absolutely superb during the course of that that grand final, but uh, you've still got them listed as premiers. Um, I'll go through my eight. You might want to do the same, Tristan, and just see where we line up. So I've got a top eight of Penrith, Storm, Broncos, Roosters. Same top four as you, Jared, but different order. Uh, I've then got the Rabbitohs, the Warriors, the Knights, and the Sea Eagles. So I've got the Titans, the Sharks, the Cowboys, and the Eels all missing out. Who I think, And the Titans were the ones that I think they're $3 to make the eight. Uh, and I'm not saying this just because it's the top sport Titans, but I, I get a sense that, you know, they've got a uh, real change there with Des Hasler. You might be able to give us some insight from the from the launch last night, Tristan. But um, I've still got the Panthers on top. So uh, what about you, Tristan? Yeah, I, um, I, I certainly uh, have a lot of confidence going into the season as being involved with the Titans. Obviously, I, I think it's going to be a cracking year. So I, I think the start of the season is going to be very important for them in particular. But I certainly look at them at three dollars, and I, I, I see them making the finals at least fifty percent of the time. I, I think it's, they're going to be right on that bubble. So, in, in my opinion, then at, at that price, I just think they represent a little bit of value. I'm like Jared; I think Manly is going to jump up the the, the ranking. So, I'm, I'm going to position it: the Panthers, the Roosters, the Storm for third, uh, Manly for fourth. I'm going to go the the Sharkies for fifth, uh, the Titans for sixth, the uh, I've got the Warriors for seventh and the Bunnies there for eighth. So that's my top eight at the moment. But I, I think there's a bit of uh, there, there can be a bit of moving and shaking amongst that order. I think it's going to come down. It's going to make a very very exciting finish to the uh, the season because I think there's going to be a lot of teams in contention. Have you left the Broncos out of your eight? 
hope not because I definitely shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have done that. But no, I think the Broncos will make it. I think they'll regress a little bit. I think they'll be on that borderline of fourth and fifth. Yeah, but we've we've already found somebody put nine into eight. <laughs> uh, maybe. Hey, just on the Panthers. So the one thing about them, Jared, and I've gone back to them, and I've got them as my premiers, but maybe not at four dollars, which um, is the price they're currently at. And and one of the reasons is I. I think at 26 years of age, we are still yet to see the best of Nathan Cleary. That's Agreed. a scary proposition. I think the fact that Luai is leaving is a is a, a positive, not a negative, because now they really want to do it for you know one of the most popular guys out there, if not the most popular, the, the chief energy officer, as Freddie Fitler calls him, for the uh, Penrith Panthers. Um, I think Crichton is obviously a loss, but Taylor May is an addition that they didn't have, and he played really well in the World Club Challenge. And then they just—they've just got this system that they keep producing players better it's, than anyone else in the league. So it's out, outstanding. Yeah, and and I'm just looking at Jack Cole when him playing at five eight there, I thought, wow, you're an NRL standard straight away in yep. that world for for a young kid to be able to do that at that level straight away. So that gives me, um, combined with all the other good players that they have there. That gives me confidence that, that Penrith are going to be there. The Storm are the one, though. The, the Storm, and and I, I will say this around the Storm, it's probably the same for the Seagulls, and you could probably say the same for every team, but the key players have to stay healthy. At the top of that list is Ryan Pappenhausen, and if Ryan Pappenhausen stays healthy with Cam Munster and Jerome Hughes, and then Harry Grant, who is the best number nine in the league, that's a great starting spot for the Melbourne Storm. So as far as a premiership at this stage for value, I think the $10 for the Melbourne Storm looks good for me, Jared. Yeah, the two teams that I want to back if I was looking longer term, and I'd be backing both of them for the minor premiership and for the premiership are the Roosters of the Storm. I think that their prices are value compared to where I have them rated at the moment. I can't back the Panthers or the Broncos because I think they're far too well found. And I think in weeks to come, Potentially, we'll get um, a slightly better price, whereas I think the Roosters and the Storm, because I have them um, equally rated against those teams at the top of the table, um, is where the value is for mine. And, you know, the, the teams that I backed to make the top four were the Storm, the Sharks and the Roosters. I just thought that there was value around them at 250 or 270. Uh, the Sharks are somewhere around 360 or 370. The reason I like the Sharks for that particular play, they were top four last year, and they have the gift of the softest draw of all 17 teams this year. And last year we saw the Raiders fall into the eight off the back of a losing season, uh, leaking 26 a week and a terrible differ- negative differential, yet still finished eighth. And they did so on the back of a very soft draw. Well, the team that has that gift this year is the Sharks. So if I can take 360 or 370 about the Sharks finishing in the top four, I think that gives me a chance. I've had people say to me over the last couple of weeks, well, why would you want to back three teams uh, to be making the top four if you think the Panthers or the Broncos might well be there? Well, I don't. I do think that top four is very open. And yes, I think the Panthers are somewhere there. I'm not so convinced on the Broncos. Where are we at with the Rabbitohs, boys? I'd love to get your thoughts on that. This is a side that halfway through last year we were leading the comp and then all of a sudden a calf injury to Latrell Mitchell and things fell apart. And not only on the field, but off the field. And we're still to get guarantees that that's not going to happen again. The, the absence of or the exit of Sam Burgess just hints at that a little further. Um, the Rabbitohs, 
strike me, uh, Tristan, as a team that could win the comp or miss the eight. Like there's 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 a huge variance in what, what they could potentially put out. What what are you seeing from a market point of view? Yeah, well, I think that sums it up completely, and that's exactly what happened last year. They looked like they were a big chance. I think they might have got into premiership favourites at one point, and then they they obviously did miss the eight. And and I don't see too much dissimilar. If anything, I see a number of their their players probably looking a little bit more injury uh, have concerns over their injuries to start the year obviously you've got Campbell Graham as well that, that's going to miss a, a, a massive chunk of the year which is going to be important uh, for them so they were actually our best back side when we opened the market um, we opened them at ten dollars and they, they they got backed uh, very very heavily into nine dollars but since the goings-on and the injuries in the last little while they have actually drifted past that price and they're out at 11 so the market is against them now oh I think they need to start the season well. I think if they don't start the season well, then all those doubts from last year are going to compound. I also think it's a very long season. So even if they do start the season well like they did last year, there's still those cracks that can appear. And if they get some key injuries, there's obviously already queries over Cody Walker. Jack Wyden's got to move into a new system. Latrell, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things there that I think could go against them. So I, I think they could easily win four or five early and put themselves right into that premiership frame. But if they drop dropped a few, then, you know, they're in, they're in a little bit of trouble for the eight as well. So I certainly agree with that summation, Jimmy. And Jimmy, you were one of the sharp ones at the start of last year that found them at, I think, about 12, 12 bucks. You know, double figures, they were, it was a great price. It was a great bet. By round 14, I had them equal with the Panthers. And at that stage, I think they were in the, you know, co-favourites for the season. And my goodness, after round 14, did it not fall into an absolute shamble and off the rails. And um, as I said before, I'm not con- convinced that the seven uh, is what's required for them to be a premiership th- threat. So there's a starting point for me. I think Cook is at the back end of his um, his career. Possibly it could be said about Cody Walker. Um, Cody's combination with the seven, you know, there's been a lot of background noise about whether that actually works or it doesn't. Um, and, you know, they need Luttrell on the park for you know probably 18 weeks, like any team is going to need with their best player uh, to be in contention. And so I'm happy to be against them. Um, they could well be top four, go on and make a grand final. But if if right here and now I want to lay them and I want to be against them, uh, certainly for the first six to ten weeks of the season. Given the talent they have in their squad, I'm just thinking about could. Could Cody Walker play right side half, Jack White and left side half, and Latrell Mitchell at fullback? Like I, I don't dislike that because I agree with you. I'm not sure Lachlan Milius is a half, so you know I think he's a re- he'd be a really good fourteen. You know, could play dummy half, could play lock if he had to. Certainly half or five eight. So that that's interesting for Demetrio how he goes about that. But um, they've got, of course, the Burgess last season there, so there's a bit of emotion wrapped into that. So they're a really interesting watch, as always. Um, the Warriors are a side that fascinate me too. They had an incredible run last year. Everyone was up the wires. Now Roger is back. My concern around this side is, Tristan, that they would require Sean Johnson to do the same things that he did last year. Now, I'm not sure that he can. I hope he can. I'm not sure that he can, uh, and and that's my concern around the Warriors. I I hate this, Jimmy, when you and I are agreeing, but um, I, I tend to agree with uh, with that as well because they they've been the other side that have been very very heavily backed. We put them up at twenty three dollars to win the comp. They're into fifteen now, so they Ooh. have been the biggest firmer, and they they've been very very well backed. The obviously obvious inclusion there of RTS is, is going to be a benefit to them, assuming he can come back in a similar form to what he was when he left the game. But I, I have a little feeling that 
this could be a similar case to the Cowboys where um, the Cowboys massively overachieved a couple of years ago and then they regressed significantly, probably back to where they were expected to finish as there or thereabouts on, on the edge of the eight last year. I, I have a feeling that the Warriors may do something similar where I, I think they were absolutely phenomenal last year. I think they're very well coached. They had a massive lift going home and playing a lot of home games there. Those things aren't going to be – they're going to be there, but they're not going to be that as impactful, I don't feel, this year as what they were last year. So I just get the feeling they are going to come back to the field a little bit. I think they had, as you say, Sean Johnson having a stellar year. I think they were very fortunate with, with a number of the other areas. So I think that they've got the potential to be very, very competitive. I think they are going to be very, very competitive, but it certainly would not surprise me if they dropped out of the eight, even if they have a decent season as well. I think they're a top six side and um, I I think you can see the imprint of the Panthers system all over what their coach is doing. I've got nothing but respect for the coach. I think he's incredibly sharp. I think we saw that influence last year. I like the fact that there's greater depth around six and seven because, Jimmy, I I, um, agree with your concern that Johnson needs to be at his best. I think Roger... Roger's going to have an outstanding season. The guy is absolute class, and they're going to have that flexibility of him playing on the right edge uh, at centre or, um, you know, can p- potentially play at number one. Uh, my only concern that I've got um, a-, a few little doubts about is their front row depth, because if they're going to play um, Nakora or uh, Barrett in the front row, then um, I'm not sure that they're the size that gets the job done that they're going to need on the right rotation. Uh, great home ground advantage. The other thing that people seem to forget about what they did last year, they were top three in defence. That's why they finished in the top four. Um, very, very well coached side. I think there's certainly a top six side for mine this year. I think Luke Metcalf's an excellent player too, so he yep. needs to stay healthy. Uh, what week Roger goes to fullback for CNK? Mm. Like that, that's an interesting watch. Based on what he's done in the first two trial games, he's gone bang, bang. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> uh, this guy's a former Dally M winner. Uh, so we know how diligent he can be. The other team I want to have a look at, the Knights are an interesting watch too. Finished like a steam train last year, all on the Ponga Express. And he just dragged everyone with him. They've got a couple of pretty influential uh, recruits that are coming in, Kai Pierce-Paul and Will Price are interesting. Jack Cogger has got to find out a way to, to get himself into that squad. But again, it's it's all around the fullback. The beauty of it this year is they'll have Kalen Ponga, who now believes, okay, I'm a fullback. And I've been affirmed that by the fact that I'm the Dally M winner. Uh, and now the coach doesn't have to go the rigmarole that he did the first six weeks of the comp last year, saying, all right, we'll play him at six. Oh, no, he's injured again. Oh, well, uh, throw my hands up. They were running 14th at one stage of the comp. Then they stormed home from that. What, what about the market on this one? This is an interesting one, Tristan. Yeah, yeah, really interesting um, because the, the the season revolved around how Kalen went. And obviously, as you said, he, he, he battled early. Well, he was out early with a lot of injury concerns and that confusion over his rightful spot. And then they were they, they were a team where you thought they were a genuine chance of making a run you know, at, at the grand final when it, when it got a couple of weeks before the end of the season. And they obviously couldn't quite get there, but they were, they were so good to watch. The loss of you know, Dom Young is, is going to be interesting, though. I think they've got to find a way to, to overcome that. But as you say, they've picked up some some nice recruits there. I, I think uh, having Braley back as well is, is going to be an, an important um, step for the Knights too. So I, I think at the 2.15, uh, they're, they're favoured to miss the eight on the, the current betting. I, I, I think, again, they're another team that's right on that bubble that if, if they play well and they stay injury-free, then 
than you would expect them to make the eight. But the big question mark is, can Kalen get through a season injury-free? What happens uh, come, you know, origin time if he's playing at that level? Does he get picked? Uh, you know, obviously, Reese Walsh was there last year. What's the, the status there? So there's a few balls up in the air, and, and, and I think probably... Probably along with Manly, uh, the, the, the the fitness of, of Ponga is going to revolve around how he goes. I think Cogger has to be in that side. I, I think both Hastings and Gamble were, were serviceable. I think Hastings did a did a really good job. I, I think Cogger probably should partner him in the halves, but we'll see how that one plays out as well. Listen, I, I can tell you that Kai Pierce, Paul and Will Price are two high-quality signings out of the UK. Um they will be very, very good and play a lot of first grade, in particular Kai Pierce-Paul. He's a great addition, as is Cogger. You're right about Braley. It adds another player back to their squad that they missed last year. I will say, you know, when Carl and Pogger uh, caught fire in that last six or seven weeks into the finals and then went on to win the Dally M, this is who they played. The Raiders, the Dolphins, the Bulldogs, the Rabbits, the Sharks, the Dragons. Only one of those sides made the top eight. So, yes, they were on fire. Kalen was on fire. They were in good form. Their defence improved markedly. But that's a very soft draw around which to maybe base where we think they might be this year. I certainly have them uh, on the fringe of the eight uh, if they continue to defend like they did last year and on the back of, I think, some positive additions to their list and a home ground advantage, they're there and about. All right, so Jerry's just labelled the um, Knights flat track bullies, so thanks for that one. All right, uh, Sea Eagles. So there's a lot of things going on at the Sea Eagles. They've got a highly paid left edge that's not going to play on the left edge, and they've got a lowly paid left edge that's going to be very good for them on the left edge, who happens to have a famous surname in the region. Uh, his brother's back at fullback, which is, you know, I, I'm not talking about this from a manly point of view. This is from a competition point of view. That is Absolutely. so exciting to see. Uh, and then the other one is Luke Brooks goes over there and it's like, Brooksy, don't run the team. Just do what he does. <laughs> and then Daly Cherry Evans will, will run the show from there. I reckon this probably is the team, Tristan, that most people have the highest variance around where they're going to finish during the course of 2024. Absolutely. And and uh, again, a lot of it hinges on on Turbo. But I, I, I think... I think we're going to see a potential where Luke Brooks could announce himself as one of the premier signings in the competition for those reasons you just touched on, Jimmy. He's had so much pressure and it's been compounded over the years with the Tigers. And having someone to be able to play off in Daly Cherry Evans, for, for someone with the amount of experience Luke Brooks has, has, has got to be an important and an exciting thing. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of other areas they're going to have to, um, have to improve on from last year. But I, I think they showed at various stages throughout the year that they had a very, very competitive football side they've got a couple of uh additions here which are going to be helpful and, and if tommy can get back to the form that he showed a number of years ago uh then there's certainly a, a, a big chance where everything goes right they could be up there in the top four but again if uh if a few things go pear-shaped there there, there, there could be a tough season ahead so i think the first few weeks of the season are going to be a very interesting watch well, four weeks ago, they were two dollars fifty to make the eight. They're now two bucks to make the eight, thanks to guys like you two tipping the rest of the market off. They've been very well supported, and I agree with you totally. I, th- I think Brooks is in for a great season. All that pressure and monkeys off his back. Uh, he gets away from all the crap that he's probably endured over the last four or five years and the focus, and not really had players around him. What he's now going to benefit from is quality around him, and he can just play. And agree with you totally, Jimmy. Um, I'll tell you what about that brother playing on the left edge this Jimmy uh, this weekend, Jimmy. Yes, 
all over him from any time try. Oh. Might be one of the better plays for the weekend. Who's, uh, the, I, who's defending right edge? Because they've switch, switched Kalama Tungi onto the, onto the left, haven't they? So Jai Arrow. Who, and will Richie Kanabi out there? Or a young Gagai. Oh, right. Yeah, okay, okay. Yep. I, th- yep. I think I think uh, Ben and uh, the centre outside in which will be Kohler might be giving that little edge a bit of a bath. So uh, I agree with you. I think Ben's in for a big season. I, I like the balance. I really do like the balance. And I agree with you, Jimmy. I think Schuster will see more time um, on the bench than he will in first grade. He'll end up being, well, he's already being shopped around from what I understand. He'll be at a different club next year if they can offload him. Uh, but I like the rest of the balance. And like you, I, I just want to see Tommy fit. I want to see him play 18, 19, 20 games. The guy is just one of the best footballers we've seen in a generation, and we just want him back to that best footy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, uh, the Sharks we seem to have a variance on too. I've left them out of my eight. Um, are you putting them in your eight just on the back of their draw, Jared? Oh, partly, Jimmy. I do think they'll improve. I mean, I, a lot of respect for their coach. I do know that uh, they've had a, a change in what they've done with some of their fitness work in the pre-season. I know the guy that's been there um, over the last eight weeks. Um, they've changed up some of the stuff that they've done. They're in great nick. Um, Fitzy's really put the acid on six or seven guys who are playing for a contract for next season. Um, I, I think that they're going to be strong. Uh, um I, I think they're somewhere around the top six, and then they're just going to have the benefit of, you know, one of the best draws you can have. And so I can't not have them making the eight. Mm. Right. If you, if, if you wanted to make that a bit of a long-term season lunch bet, Jimmy, the Sharks in or out, I'm happy to entertain that. What price are they? $1.80. I had oh, them in right. top so nine, just so we, we're referenced, which uh, they were the team that I would have right on that bubble. Okay. All right. Yeah, why not, Jared? Lovely. I'll write that one down for the long term. Yeah. And don't lose it this time if it gets up for me, all right? So (laughs) tends to happen. Uh, The last one we want to have a look at before we get into this weekend's game, um, we might also get your try scorer, your point scorer, and your Dally M tip too. But uh, the Cowboys are a a, a really interesting team, aren't they? Like Their best footy is good. Um, Tommy Dearden, we think, is continuing to improve. Based on what we've seen last year, and indeed in the small patches this year, Scott Drinkwater is going to be an absolute key to their point scoring. Uh, there, there are still question marks around this side, though, and being able to replicate what they did in 2022, Tristan. There are. And, um, you know, from my end, I, I probably feel like they're on the seventh line of betting at $1.75 to make the eight. And I probably feel that's potentially a little bit unders. I, I have them right there in the in in the mix to certainly make the eight. And as you say, their best is very, very good. But um, we, we saw what happened last year if they do cop a few injuries. And I, I just think there's got to be a few little concerns over, um, you know, potentially the, the, the long-term fitness of your likes of Tal Malolo and even with Chad Townsend, they, they replaced the captaincy there in, in the off-season. I, I think a few of those things... You know, like I, I think they need everything to go well. I think they need to be winning the vast majority of their games at home, and 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 I think if um if if they drop a few of these games early, I think the the alarm bells might start to go off. Um, which um which you know, from my end, I'm certainly happy to oppose them for the top eight, and and I I think they might finish in that sort of ninth to twelfth 
position. Well, breaking news this morning, gentlemen, it's been confirmed that Cohen Hess has done his ACL. Yeah. So he's now yep. out for the season. Add to that um, Leilua, who clearly has moved on. So all of a sudden, that's two forwards that we go back four weeks ago, they had penciled into their list for this season. I've got major concerns about their middles. I think McLean um, is at the wrong end of his career, and I'm not sure he has the mobility. I think Lolo had a very ordinary year last year, and I would not be surprised that he ends up getting shopped around out of the end of his contract and is elsewhere next year, whether that's another NRL club or in England. So there's two key guys in the middle, that are, and they lose Hess. Um, I'm not sure that Townsend is at the right end of his career either. And then down outside edges, they've got major worries in defence. And so, so much pressure comes back on to Dearden and Drinkwater to be winning a lot of games for them. They can their best. Yes, they're a, a top six side. I don't know that we're going to see it this year. And I'm happy to have them probably finish finishing somewhere around 10th to 12th. Yeah, so... We've got those players that we've talked about for a long time, haven't we? Like the Finny Fuiaki and uh, uh, Nanai, Hylam uh, Luki. So they've still got these talented young guys. You could probably even throw Reese Robson into that, but you're right around those older guys. Like even Granville, throw that name in there. Felt is another one that's just played a lot of NRL footy, and you wonder how much you have best you're going to get out of them, plus all those other other names that you mentioned. And that's that's what encouraged me to miss them, leave them out of the eight. I was just more impressed by by other sides. Um, yep. But I think Drinkwater and Dearden, uh, absolute standouts. So, um, you know, they'll win some games up there at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. All right, uh, you better give us uh, – have you got a premier that you wanted to look at? You looked at the Storm and the Roosters, uh, a value. Um, what about a try scorer? I'm going to thrill you here, Tristan. I'm going to say that up there at Seabus Super Stadium, we've got uh, Alafiana Camparera. We'll scorch the turf any number of times and be the leading try scorer. I don't mind the $15 on offer at Top Sport. Yeah, I, I certainly think he is right there in contention, obviously, at a standout debut year. Um, like every other team, the, the Titans seem to have had a really strong preseason. They're very excited about the year coming up. So I, I think he's got to be there or thereabouts. Obviously, the uh, the injury to Dominic Young in the in the preseason has really shut, thrown that market out because he was, I think he was a favourite not that long ago. He's out at $15 with a few doubts over over how that's going to play out. Just having a quick look at that market, Alex Johnson, seven fifty, Dallin with Tenny Zelesniak is $10, Marzu, 11 Calm Pereira, 15 Young, 15 Mulitalo at 15 and Isako there at 16. So um, it's certainly a tricky one because, it, you know, you, you probably want to look at the, the sides that you think are going to overachieve. So maybe some of those those middle-tier sides, if you think there's a, a team that's going to have a really strong year that maybe isn't in that top couple and you look at who's going to score the most tries for that team, I think that's where you might want to sort of start to look at. In well, terms I, of, I can't uh, believe you guys have missed the winner. Uh, you, you, haven't even, you haven't even mentioned his name yet. Here we go, here we go. Can I have a guess? Go on. Place for Manly? No. Uh, place for St. George, Illawarra? <laughs> Absolutely I'm not. I'm ser- Ravalawa at $41 is not the worst bet in the world. Well, if you can't get on, let me know. Um, <laughs> but Xavier Coates, $21. Okay. He's a try-scoring machine. Plays oh. on, 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 that, on the right edge, that back line. They've got the best spine in the competition, the Storm. Um, Pappy will be on fire this season. Xavier Coates, $21. Thank you very much. And uh, as I did happen to mention to you, Jimmy, yesterday, I ha- am all over Pappy for um, points scorer, uh, the total points 
for the season. Started back him at 41 bucks. He's in the 15s now. Thank you very much. And uh, I'll keep piling it on into the weeks to come. Okay, that suggests that... I know Nick Mooney was in the market as well too. My information is that Pappenhausen will be kicking. The fact that he's gone from $41 to $15 suggests that he will be kicking also. He's my tip, uh, leading point scorer at $15. So the other... I've got to make mention, the analyst said on the return of Tom Trebojevic, Jason Saab at $21. He thinks represents really good value to be uh, leading try scorer. And Dally M... Because, you know, there may well be flaws in the manner in which it is decided, but everyone wants to see Ryan Pappenhausen do well this year. I think he will do well. And as a result of that, the goodwill will extend to the Dally M Award and Ryan Pappenhausen is my tip for that. And I, I like it, Jimmy. And uh, uh, just to finish on the storm, I mean, somebody I know very well who's been um, and uh, working with Bellamy for 10 years and uh, has had a lot of time to do with their pre-season this year, says it is the best Storm pre-season they have had in any of those 10 years that he's watched them. So they're, they're up and about, and they'll be winning week one at home against the Panthers. But we'll touch on that next week. I think I've yeah. heard that eight times this year. It's going to be hard to have eight teams go through undefeated throughout <laughs> the course of the year. I'm only, I'm only rocking around seven. Hey, what is that market do for that first game? Because I, I saw that the Panthers were um, very favoured for that one. So I, I absolutely agree with that one too. Uh, well, well, where 208, Storm 70 Penrith 2. It's gone from 3.5 into 2 flats. It has been a move for the Storm already. Oh, and the 240's already gone, has it? Yeah. All right. Uh, what about the games this weekend? Manly Seagulls and the Rabbitohs, the Roosters and the Broncos. You better give us your, your best bet for the weekend, Jared. Well, Jimmy, I just—I'm uh, sure all of our listeners are probably aware of this, but they should be aware that this is the ground where the NFL Super Bowl was played, and so it is six metres shorter than a normal NRL field. But most importantly, it's five metres narrower, and so I think unless the referees can consistently get them back 12, 13, 14 metres, and I'm sure that we're going to see some one-off refereeing here, like we do in Origin or sometimes in some finals football, but we run the risk that we're going to have 13 players on a narrow field on top of each other and, and, and lack some edge play. Um, I think that probably favours defence. Uh, I want to be with the Eagles. I like the way that they come into this game and they probably get the rabbits at the right time with, with Chalmers out, with Whiten out, with some question marks about whether Cody Walker actually plays. Um, the Eagles, unlike the other three teams that went to the US, went four or five days earlier than the others. They had a bit of a, uh, a bonding session for a couple of days, and then I believe they've had a very good six or seven day preparation into this weekend. I think it's potentially their best list. Uh, I think they get the rabbits at the right time. Uh, they were four and a half, five and a half earlier on, going back three or four weeks ago, been very well found into one and a half now. I want to be with the Eagles at the start. The second game, the Roosters, the Broncos. Uh, I really like the Roosters lineup, and they've left guys at home that were playing a lot of first grade football last year. It's a strong lineup. The Broncos are missing those four guys. They still have attack at six and one. You know, Reynolds' kicking game will be very important on a narrow field. But I like the fact that the the Roosters here with the plus start on a neutral ground, three and a half for mine was just too big. I want to be with the Roosters uh, there. So the Eagles for mine, the Roosters. Both outsiders into this weekend. Nice little all up. I thought if you were looking for points, I think that first game with the Eagles-Rabbits where Klein is the referee, 
I think on a good day, he struggles to get him back 10 metres. So if it's a good day for him and they're back 11, I still think there's on top of each other and under 41. Jimmy, first week of the year, an unders bet for you to follow. Had to put it in there just to stir you up. The best of the weekend, certainly Eagles with a start at plus one and a half. You're cheering for people to drop the ball. It's ridiculous. Anyway, what would the Yanks think of that? Uh, Tristan, your best of the weekend? Yeah, my concern is I'm tending to agree a lot with Jared here as well, which is concerning. I do think the unders looks uh, very yeah. hard to toss, which um, yeah. is I'm just hoping that maybe the atmosphere in America might sort of change that tack. But I, I, I'm really keen on the Roosters. I, I, I think that uh, I think this game should be a lot closer to pick them than what it is. So uh, the line actually opened at six and a half. It's into three and a half. I, I think the Bronx, you know, a number of players that have moved on. Uh, I think the Roosters are. Showed at the back end of last year how good they were when they when they made a charge. So I'm going to take them straight off the stick at two dollars thirty five. And if Jimmy wants to oppose either of us on a lunch bet with the other uh, totals, then more than happy to listen to that too. Now uh, two dollars manly, I'll take that as my best bet head to head. So uh, I, I like the look of that uh, as a starting point. Yeah, the timing is everything. Uh, so getting them. Uh, now, Jimmy, you... just to add into that last game, the second game. Yes. Uh, that edge where Cobbo is going to be defending on the left for left the Broncos. Edge. Yes. He's going to be covered in tracks by the end of the game. They're going to send that much traffic at him with Manu and Suwali. Uh, either of those anytime try scorers, I think, will take you a long way into that game. The interesting to who they play on that right edge too is uh, Tupanua in Siwa Wong are both right edge, have a preference for the right edge, um, both really good hole runners too. So that's just going to put more pressure on Selwyn Cobbo. I'm sure Coach Robinson has looked at that. So there's one to look out for. Uh, now, just because I'm a believer in the overs uh, as a concept doesn't mean I'm going to take that right now, okay, especially with five metres less on either side. But anyway... Uh, so that's it. That's our preview of the season. We wish everyone, uh, if you're going to have a long-range bet, uh, do it responsibly, but enjoy it because it's a whole lot of fun. All right, let's get into the racing for the weekend. What do you got for us, Jared? Uh, Jimmy, I've gone down to Flemington, race seven, number one. One of yours from a few weeks ago who uh, kicked their heads in first up, stepped up to 1,200, kicked their heads in again. 1,200 down the straight, draws wide, which I think will be the right side of the track. Race seven, number one, Calibus. Oof. Around the 350 mark. All important staking plan for me, Jimmy. 100 on the nose. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. Uh, righto. Tristan, you got one? Yeah, it's good day of racing. I think we've got three group ones there on Saturday, two in Sydney, one in Melbourne. I'm going to take us to a slightly less quality race, uh, the opening race at Randwick, the midway. Um, I'm going to look at a horse called Mad Darcy, number 14. It's uh, had two pretty good runs to start the preparation. It's been well-backed already, $8 into $6.50. Uh, and normally I would uh, I would consider the staking plan, but considering what's been thrown at me uh, in recent times, I'm going to be very brave and put the 100 on the nose. It's one, race one, number 14, Mad Darcy at $6.50. Okay. All right. I'm going to go down to Flemington. Here we go. Uh, what do we got? Uh, Flemington race eight. Not number one Riff Rocket, but from the same stable. Feast your eyes on this one, boys. Number six, Cap Ferret at $41.07.50. All right. Uh, Trialled well before it resumed in that lead-up race won by Riff Rocket. His work to the line was very, very strong. Fitter now and gets to the mile. 
He's from a soft gate, can run home hard at good odds. So all important staking plan here, Tristan. Give me twenty eighty, bro. Twenty dollars on the win and eighty dollars on the place at forty one dollars and seven fifty. There you go. Who said we don't provide value for you here? And yeah. I must say, Jimmy, I think the last time you found one at about $14, it happened to be in Brisbane and kicked away in a straight one by two lengths. So uh, you do have a knack every now and again of finding them at double figures. So 41 and 750 I can see the price being wound in by the traders at Topsport already. I can... I'm waving at them out there at the moment. So um, just, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked by that selection. That's very impressive, Jimmy, and we'll be certainly watching it with... Um... You said you liked it as opposed to Riff Rocket. If you do want a lunch bit, I'm happy to take Riff Rocket. <laughs> Don't worry. When I backed the four dollar with you and then nine dollar, and we got home, you know, then you know what happened? We got a little too big for our boots, and we got our backsides kicked last week. So. You've got to take your lessons when they come, Tristan. So I think, I think what Tristan was even more shocked that, that you're on at $41 and if it happens to win, whether you come back next week. But anyway, let's, <laughs> let's see what happens on Saturday. Vegas has come a week early, hasn't it? But anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, we're here and not there is the way to best describe this podcast. Uh, but I hope everyone's enjoyed it. Enjoy the first week of the footy, uh, the Vegas experiment. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. And we'll do it again next week, boys. Fantastic. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.